our study, we're in, we're in John today, John chapter 13. If you want to turn there in your Bibles, it is already up here behind me. We've been talking about love, and you might have noticed that that was kind of the theme of the songs we sang today. Love, God's love. Uh, it's no accident that it happens to fall. We're just going through this, uh, this book uh, of the 52 verses every believer should know. And we fall on this verse on the day we, we celebrate Father's Day. And it's no accident because this is the kind of love a father needs to have. This kind of love right here that we're going to talk about today. Love. Now, last week we talked about love from Leviticus 19. It was actually quoted by the young lawyer. You may remember in Luke 10, he quotes, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And so we talked about love, the Old Testament command to love your neighbor. What we're going to talk about today is a much higher call to love, much higher call to love. And we'll see that as we go along. So uh, we're going to do this in the way that we have been all, all year, uh, in kind of investing study habits into you. We're going to first look at its context, then we're going to look at the, uh, the, the so what, so what does this say about God, so what does this say about me, and so what do I need to do now that I know this about God and myself, then we'll look at it phrase by phrase, and then we'll, we'll pick out and, and look for the challenge and the comfort of this verse. So let's, uh, let's dive in, as I said, it's, it's uh, John chapter 13, it's right up here behind me, but John chapter 13, verses 34 and 35, I give you a new command. Love one another, just as I have loved you, you are also to love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. So this is Jesus' new command. So let's first look at the context. I want, I, I'm, first, I'm going to point this out. Being that it's a new command, the old commandments came on two stone tablets. So this is the new command, so I put it on a tablet. You were right, Nancy. It was just nervous. It was just. Nancy told me that I was only going to get um, polite chuckles, and, and that, so she was, she was completely right. So let's look at the context. The larger context here is the Gospel of John. Now, you've heard me talk about John before. John is very precise and careful with his word usage. So he is, uh, it's, in, it's an incredible book. The Gospel of John presents Jesus in a way that none of the other Gospels do. And so it, it's an incredible book. John is the disciple of Jesus. He's the one that Jesus, or that leaned on the breast of Jesus. He's the brother of James, uh, one of the sons of Zebedee, one of, one of what Jesus called the sons of thunder. And so uh, the beloved disciple is what he likes to call himself. And uh, he wrote not only the, the Gospel of John, but he wrote uh, 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, and the book of Revelation. So <clears throat> the Gospel of John, it, it's been said about this book that it is shallow enough to bathe an infant and deep enough to drown an elephant. And I completely agree with that. If there was one book that I, if I, if I was told that I could only study one book of the Bible for the rest of my life, it would be John. Now, I know you think it would be Exodus. It's not. <laughs> it's John. Because John presents the Exodus. John presents Jesus as the new Moses leading the last exodus. So 
So uh, anyway, uh, the, the greater context is the, uh, the Gospel of John. The immediate context is really interesting and really important to, our, to what we're studying because this is the night before the crucifixion of Jesus. Now, if you just look at your Bible and look at the verses that are above and below this, he has just, Jesus, they've had the Last Supper, and Jesus has just told Judas, I know you're going to betray me, so go do what you're, you're going to do quickly. And just after this, he tells, excuse me, he tells Peter, you're going to deny me three times before the cock crows. So I want you to put in perspective here, it, put it into its context. Jesus is talking about love in between being betrayed and denied. Dead in between being betrayed and denied, Jesus talks about love. He doesn't talk about faithfulness. He doesn't talk about uh, so many other things that righteousness may be. No, he talks about love right here. What a time for Jesus to talk about love. He talks about love in the midst of being betrayed, in the midst of being denied. He talks about love. And so what, is it, what does the context tell us? It tells us love ain't easy. Love is going to cost you. Love is going to be hard. But according to Jesus, it is always worth it. Love is always worth it. So what does this tell us about God? I think it really speaks to the love of God, doesn't it? To talk about love in the midst of being betrayed and denied, within just a few minutes, he's talking about love. This, I think, really tells us about the love of God. He knows he's, he's been betrayed. He knows he's about to be denied, and yet he is talking about love. Now, I will also say that this raises the bar on love because love your neighbor as yourself is not as high a bar as loving others the way Jesus loves us. Much higher bar. Jesus loves us self-sacrificing love. Jesus loves us in it with a love that is completely different than our world. Our world doesn't understand this love, actually. Our world doesn't understand this love because this is completely different kind of love. Love in our world is self-seeking. It's for what I can get out of it. This love is love for the sake of the one being loved. Uh, you have heard, I'm sure, that uh, the word agape, it's the, the Greek word for love here. Uh, the Greeks had several different words for love. This one in particular, you may have heard it preached that, it, that it's God's love to us and only God's love. And Unfortunately, that's just not accurate. It is used for our love for God and our love for others. It's used in this sentence here for the way we should love one another. But agape love is different than any other kind of love because it's, it's focused on the preciousness of the one being loved. It is love strictly because of the preciousness of the one being loved. No other reason. So what does this say about, about God? It says he loves you that much. What does it say about us? It says you are that precious to God. You've heard me say it a lot from this platform, but I want it ringing in your ears. You are the focus, the target, and the purpose of the love of God. 
You are the focus, the target, and the purpose of the gospel of Jesus Christ. God loves you this much. So much because you are precious. Not because of what you think you can do for him. Not because of some plan he's got for you to do something, some, something great for him in ministry. But because of who you are. You are the, are the focus, the target, and the purpose of the love of God. And when I say purpose of the love of God, what I'm talking about here is that agape love. You, the, he, you are his purpose in loving because you are so precious to him. You evoke that love from God because of how precious you are to God. Do you know that? Do you know how precious you are to God? You are the, the focus, the target, and the purpose of the love of God. And it says, that, that and, and I think the context tells us, we're going to make mistakes. We are going to betray our faith. We are going to deny our faith. There is going to be times in our lives when, when we are betraying our faith, we are denying our faith, and you know what Jesus is doing? Loving you. Loving you through it. Never misses a beat. He loves in the midst of this, not in spite of this. So what do we need to do? I think the, the instructions are pretty explicit, don't you? We need to love. We need to love others with the self-sacrificing love that Jesus loves us with. Paul put it this way in, in Philippians 2. He said, do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility consider others as more important than yourselves. Our culture does not understand this kind of love. The kind of love that's in our culture is self-seeking. It, it, it seeks to love in order to get something back. The love of God loves you only because you're you. Fathers, this is the kind of love we need for our children. And you know, the fathers that I know have this kind of love. Your children are going to betray you. They're going to deny you. They're, they're going to do things that you completely disagree with, and yet you don't miss a beat in loving them. You never miss a beat in loving them. That's godly love. That's the kind of love that, that Jesus has for us, and that's the kind of love he calls for us to have to others. You know, again, you've heard me say it many times from this platform, we are given the gift of love, not just to consume it, but to convey it. We have been given love so that we can be loving. We have been given grace so that we can be grace, grace, gracious. We have been given mercy so that we can be merciful. We have, this love works in us and then through us to others. It's the kind of love that a, that a father must have for his children. So now, now let's look at this phrase by phrase. I give you a new command. Is it a suggestion? Is it a, hey, if you have time in your busy schedule, love somebody else? No, it's a command. It's a command. Jesus says, love others as I have loved you. Self-sacrificing love. 
That's the kind of love we have to have for others. It's the kind of love he, he has given to us, and so we need to have it for the world. Jesus redefines love here. There is a redefinition of love. There was love your neighbor as yourself, and that, that was something that was easy to keep track of because, well, you know, what I, ta- what I do as far as taking care of myself, I need to do that for somebody else. That's, that's a fairly easy way to understand love. But Jesus redefines love and says, no, not, not as you love yourself, but greater than you love yourself. Jesus died for his love for you and I. He was, you were more important to him than his own life. So that's the kind of love that we are to have for others. This new command is for us to love others the way Jesus loves us. The next phrase, love one another. You know, it's easy to love when somebody loves us back. It's easy to love when it's not that hard, right? When it's, it, it's uh, we have a love sort of like, I love ice cream. It's easy because it's always good, right? <laughs> because there's never anything, ice cream never does anything to me that I don't like. It never betrays me, it never denies me. But loving one another, this love means in spite of being betrayed, in spite of being, being denied, In spite of being treated badly, love. Respond to the world in love. It'll make us different than anything else, anybody else in the world. Just as I have loved you, you also, you are also to love one another. There's the standard. We love as Jesus loves us. We love self-sacrificing love. It's, it's the standard that, that I think God gives us as fathers. We love and we sacrifice our own desires for the desires of our, our children. Fathers, mothers, you know this kind of love. You know what, what I'm talking about when I say this because you have it for your kids. As much as they aggravate you, you love them anyway. God feels the same way about us. As much as we aggravate him, as much as we betray him, as much as we deny him, he loves us anyway. Never misses a beat. His love, like this, this should be the defining characteristic of a church. I think it is the defining characteristic of this church. We love one another. We care for one another. We we sacrifice our own desires for the desires of someone else. That's the kind of love that Jesus calls us to. You know, every single Sunday, I close in prayer here by asking that God give each and every one of us an opportunity to show his love to somebody this week. That is because this kind of love is not found in our world. Our world has plenty of of judgment. It has plenty of divisiveness it has plenty of separation it has plenty of all of those things what it needs is the love of christ through us this this love works in us and then through us and it is the defining characteristic of a christian 
It's the defining characteristic of a follower. That's what the context here said. This, we will be known as his disciples by our love. So what's the comfort and the challenge of these verses? I think clearly the comfort of these verses is the love of Christ. You can't outrun it. You can't. You can't go so far that he can't love you anymore. You can betray, you can deny, and he still loves. He, he still loves you even in the midst of that. That's a great comfort. You are the target and the focus and the purpose of the love of God. That's a great comfort. The challenge here is to love others with the love we've received. The challenge here is to let the love of Christ work in us and then through us. We, we may tend to consume it and not convey it, but we must love others. As I've said, our world has plenty of the wrong kind of love. Our world has plenty of, of separation and divisiveness and judgment. Our world has lots of that. What our world needs is the love of Christ that they see in you. I'm going to ask that you bow your heads for just a minute. This love is not a natural love. This is a supernatural love. It comes only from being born again, as Jesus said. You're not, you don't have this kind of love from birth. You have this kind of love from rebirth. So you need to be born again to know this love. Do you need to be born again this morning? Do you want to know and experience the love of God and convey it to others? You can. It begins with a simple prayer. It says, God, I know I have sin in my life. I've said things wrong. I've thought things wrong. I've done things wrong. And I know the Bible calls that sin. But I trust that Jesus died on the cross for me, took my place on that cross because you love me. And so I ask you to forgive me and come into my life. Give me, let me experience your love even right now. If you prayed that prayer for the first time this morning, you need to let somebody know. Come and let me know. Elbow your neighbor, let them know. Let somebody know that you, you accepted the love of Christ today. Maybe this morning you know Christ, but as you look back over the last week or month or year, it hasn't been about his love working through you. Maybe, maybe even right now God is putting a name on your, on your mind, a name on your mind that, that you have not loved with his love. They've treated you badly. They've betrayed you. They've denied you. Jesus was treated the same and loves you through it. We make the commitment to love others with the self-sacrificing love of Christ this morning. Father, we thank you for this verse. We thank you. Father, I thank you is not enough to say for the love that you give us.
in the midst of us betraying you and denying you, in the midst of us running from you, you love us. Help us to experience your love so that it flows from us to others. We ask in the name of Jesus. Amen. This is Pastor Jim from Porter Mountain Fellowship. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast. These are sermons from our 10.30 a.m. service on Sundays. If you're in the neighborhood, stop by. We're on the corner of Porter Mountain Road and Commerce Drive in beautiful Lakeside, Arizona.